Hello, I'm Mark Price and welcome to my podcast, Meet the Business Author. Having been the boss of Waitrose for many years and working within the John Lewis Partnership, I became interested in the way that businesses and individuals work, particularly how being happy at work can not only transform an individual's life, but how it can transform an organisation. I'm building a platform at Engaging.Works with the world's biggest business library, where anyone can come and search for information and guidance on their working life. In this series, I'll be speaking with a number of prominent business authors whose books are available to buy on the business library. I'll be speaking to them about their book, what lessons we can take from them, and what they think about the future of working life and business. In this edition of um, Meet the Business Author, I'm delighted to be talking to Vicky Price about her new book, Women Versus Capitalism. Um, so, Vicky, just set out the background uh, for our listeners uh, to your book and the conclusions you draw. Well, I'm an economist, and um, what you tend to do is look at whether there are any market failures in the system before you intervene. And having been a government economist, market failures are the thing that we all look out for. So if you decrease competition for whatever reason, if uh, the market um, pricing signals aren't there for particular actions, uh, if there are information asymmetries, so a woman doesn't know know what she could achieve or doesn't know what the person next to her earns, um, then you think that there's something wrong there. The, the fact that there are market failures is shown in the pay gap, which is still there uh, in the UK, but also elsewhere. So this book hasn't just focused on what goes on in, in the Western economies, though I do cover a number of them, but it also looks at what happens around the world. There are obstacles being put on the way of women joining the labour force. The vast majority of countries, I think it's only a handful of countries that don't have legislation or some type of regulation which stops women from participating fully. Um, so in a number of places women have no property rights, they can't raise finance, they can't open a, a bank account without the agreement of their husbands, uh, they can't work in particular areas, they can't travel to do the work in various areas, their restrictions on the hours, uh, they do, um, and so on. And what you find is that if you take some of those restrictions away, and there have been loads of studies that have looked at particular bits of regions that have done it in Africa or elsewhere, uh, then you find that both labour force participation increases considerably, and also senior women appear in various roles. So if you don't have those role models, you will be stuck forever in a downward path. And the interesting thing in the UK is that although women, girls, uh, now are better educated than boys, although that's changing a little bit now again, uh, and they end up with slightly better results at university and enter a number of professions, like earning a little bit more than the boys, possibly. Um, that soon disappears. Uh, motherhood is one reason, but it's also a lot of discrimination that takes place in the workplace, which makes lots of women unhappy, and I know you focus a lot on other things you do on, on that. Um, so, and there is conscious and unconscious bias still there, and every improvement in a woman's position, including on pay, has come through legislation and government intervention, because the market itself doesn't sort it out. And 
in my uh, KPMG days when I was a partner there, I was also head of international privatizations. So the moment the wall came down in Berlin and the Soviet Union collapsed, um, I spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe and it was interesting to see how many more senior women there were in a number of the countries. Not that they had a fantastically happy life because they also, in addition to everything they did, like Western women, they were the ones who spent more of their time queuing for food or minding the house when trying to survive. And so it wasn't particularly easy, but you did find that there was a lot more equality in those commons there. It may not be the equality we want, um, but at least there was one there. Of course, there was no market mechanism to allocate resources in any way, so they were quite inefficient. But the interesting thing in the Western capitalist environment is that quite a lot of the benefits of keeping your skilled workers, uh, you know, so that they don't disappear, and creating a pipeline, so you've got quite senior, you know, the best people for the jobs, is just not priced into the system at all. It's a little bit like climate change. So uh, you can carry on you know, building things or digging the ground or uh, doing some infrastructure spending or producing whatever, which um, has a lot of CO2 emissions and you're fine, you can sell your products if there is no real carbon tax. So there isn't a pricing mechanism that tells you that what you're doing uh, is, is, uh, is a cost and you have to pay a lot more for it. Uh, or if you don't do it, you have benefits because the sustainability in the future is a little bit like that with women. So the benefits of using more women in their skill level um, uh, is, is just uh, not priced into the system. Or the disbenefits of, of not using them and losing such a big productive um, uh, resource in your production methods. Um, that benefit and the cost are just not built into the system at all. So short-term profits mean you just do the lazy thing, you just hire people after you're an image, you don't invest in keeping the women, training them, ensuring that they work at their skill level. Uh, and lots of women then drop out or work part-time. And if you work part-time, particularly if you have children, you end up working almost inevitably at least one level below your skills. And that, of course, is a huge loss to the economy. And in, in terms of um, the capitalist model, um, which will always seek to try and get, as you say, uh, short-term, uh, high returns, highest possible returns, uh, I can see that your argument uh, holds water. But what has to happen to change that? How do you have a fairer form of capitalism for women? The first thing you do, of course, is look at legislation and carry on pushing. Because, for example, um, we now have legislation, finally, to force companies to produce those reports on, on pay differentials that exist within the organisations. It was voluntary before, and uh, hardly any firms complied. Now it's compulsory, and you've seen the difference that exists. There are, the main reasons, of course, are that there aren't enough senior women and hence the gap is quite substantial because it's mainly men who hold those senior positions. Um, but the interesting thing is although those figures are produced and now it's the second year we've seen them come out, in some cases they were worse than the previous year, but in some cases slightly better, there is no enforcement to say, well, you, you're not doing very well, 
we're going to fine you or we're not going to use you as contractors, subcontractors that we uh, would normally do because we expect you to behave better in the future so we get real penalties. The, the system's moving a little bit in terms of uh, more investment going into companies that care about the environment and also about social issues and also about governance, which touches a little bit on how you treat women as well and diversity and discrimination and so on. Uh, but it's slow. Uh, it's, it's getting shape, but it's slow. But this, the, what is needed is a lot more active intervention from the government. So, for example, um, what you could do is have quotas, and I do suggest that there should be quotas, not necessarily for boards where we have targets. I've actually argued very strongly that even there you should have had quotas. Um, because having non-executive directors on boards makes absolutely no difference to a culture of an organisation. Not everyone agrees with me on that, but the majority of people I speak to do. Um, because, you know, as an NED, a non-executive director, you come in, you can't even have control of, you know, or know what is happening financially. And we've seen some real big disasters um, when the board was completely not on top of what was going on. The idea that by having a woman who spends her time being non-executive director in loads of different firms, um, being able to really change the culture of an organisation, uh, or at least to suggest that there's some difference there, and there are role models, but just you know, ticking the box, we have one woman on the board, or maybe two, and so we find, who cares about anything else. It just misses the point entirely, where the real difference is, is if you have executive uh, positions that are held by women, and women on boards who are executives, uh, that is still very small. It's 30% we have achieved already on boards of NEDs, or women anyway, some of them are not non-executive directors, they may be just executive, but the number of executive ones on boards is still below 10% and hasn't really moved. And it is that that makes a difference. It is that if you're forced to have senior women um, in those posts, that forces you then to change your culture and retain the women and have a pipeline. But it doesn't mean you discriminate in favour. It means that you change your work practices to make them all better for men as well and women. And men, after all, are becoming increasingly new men, if you like, in terms of wanting to spend time with the kids or wanting more flexible life or wanting perhaps to work from home a little bit more. IT enables that. But you've seen this change that's taking place already, but lots of organisations still haven't gone down that route. They pay lip service to it and offer crashes and, uh, you know, mainly very highly paid merchant banking jobs or investment banking jobs, where perhaps you don't need to do that anyway because the women can afford to have a nanny. But, um, it is, a, it is a big issue uh, for government there to intervene to ensure that that uh, allocation of resources happens properly. So because if you don't have the women in those positions, then you just don't have the competition at the top. And you end up with a smaller pool of people who can perhaps do that job. Uh, less competition, market failure there, but also probably less quality. And that is no good at all for our productivity. So I completely... Um uh, understand and can see your argument that uh, the system uh, discriminates against women. I can also see your argument that um, legislation, uh, quotas, holding people to account uh, would be a good way to address that. Uh, and the last part of the equation, what, what advice would you have for women? 
I think they need to network as much as possible and hear from others as well, but uh, also be completely open to opportunities that might exist elsewhere. I mean, I know that there's been a famous book on Lean In, which is basically you know, get together and try and make your organisation look at things differently. My view is Lean Out. Um, the, if you see after a while that the company that you're working for simply isn't changing and you bang your head against the wall, just move. Go somewhere else. There are plenty of other places where the, the change is already happening. Not enough, but plenty. And it is worth doing it. And what I find extraordinary is, of course, that where there have been some big public cases, like with the BBC, for example, uh, where it was found that uh, wages have been so much greater for some presenters, mainly male. Um, uh, the initial reaction of that organisation was, okay, let's reduce the wages of, of the men, rather than making up for the fact that you were paid so little for a long period of time. But this just shows, uh, and now of course that's been changed because it's been challenged in courts and some women have got some big payouts. Um, there is a rule, and the reason why they can get this is because government has again intervened, and women need to remember that, uh, that you need to get paid the same for equivalent jobs. Not just the same jobs, but equivalent jobs. So always find out what others are earning, if you can. Um, but you are meant to be properly compensated for something that is similar to what someone else is doing, even though it may not be exactly that. So, there have been some amazing cases, so the cleaning women uh, working in Birmingham, the cleaning ladies who took them to court because they thought they should be paid the same or pretty close to what the dustbin collectors or the refuge collectors were uh, receiving, which were mainly men and receiving an awful lot more, so billions of pounds had to be paid back to, to them, equally at Tesco's and others. Uh, so yes, you can organise, yes, you can uh, you know, get women to think differently wherever you work, um, but find out all the other opportunities that might exist and, and take advantage of better environment, uh, particularly if you want a more flexible uh, working life and you want to also rise in organisation and not be penalised by having uh, children or wanting a different life. The public sector is also good. I was astounded because I came from the private sector and then worked in government. Um, to see how much uh, better they were in equality. But that is, of course, because they had targets that were pretty tight and, and they were uh, measured against them. Uh, thank you. To anybody listening to uh, this podcast, uh, if you go to the uh, Jobs or Career Developers section uh, of Engaging Works, you can find the fair pay calculator by putting in uh, your um, details and your job. You'll see how it compares to other people, which I hope, along with reading Vicky's book, uh, will give you a great sense of confidence that the capitalist system is treating you fairly. Uh, Vicky, thank you very much um, uh, for talking to me about your book. Uh, if you'd like to buy it, please go to the Engaging Works Business Library. Thank you for listening. For more in this series, please go to engaging.works where you can buy the book and browse over 80,000 other business titles. See you again next time.